You're listening to the Higher Ideas Podcast, where ideas grow. Connect on higherideas.net. Now here's your host, I. Hello, fellow human, and welcome back to the Higher Ideas Podcast. Today's episode will be continuing our ongoing series on personal power. For anyone who hasn't caught one of those episodes yet, just so you know, this series on personal power is all about sharing various techniques, uh, perspectives, looking at uh, important dynamics, uh, basically just sharing various tools that are important to have, to be aware of, to live with, if you want to be a more powerful person. Now, these are things that have served me very well and proven themselves to be useful. And the idea of this series is one at a time to give you these tools so you can have them in your tool bag and live with them, live aware of these dynamics, um, integrate these things in the way you live. And hopefully, as a result, you will become also a more powerful person. And since I assume most people listening to this podcast are good people, the result should be more powerful, good people out there in this world. That's what I want to see happen. So let's get into today's offering. Now today we're actually going to be bouncing around a lot of different important points and dynamics, but all of them revolving around one central thing, the vampire. Oh yes, if you want to have a higher degree of personal power in your life, it's going to become important to pay attention to vampires and vampirism in your life. Not only because you may elevate your power by eliminating vampiric elements that are there right now, but also because as you gain power, as you work on personal power and become a more powerful person, vampiric forces will appear looking to get some of that. So it's important on both levels, both to elevate your power and to preserve your power. You will have to become very aware of this dynamic of vampirism. By the end of this episode, I want you to be a vampire slayer. So get ready, here we go. So before we get into discussing the enemy, the vampire, we first have to look at relationship. Now right up front, I wanna point out that relationship isn't necessarily only something that happens between two people. Of course, it's the first thing your mind goes to when you speak about relationship. We get into relationships you know, romantically. We are in relationship with every human we interact with in life. So that's the, the first thing that comes to mind. But really, we're in relationship with every element of our lives. It goes beyond people. You're in relationship with behaviors that you have, right? Be them weaknesses in your character, misalignments you've got going on. You're relating with those things, right? Your thoughts, you're relating with your thoughts, your beliefs, vague things like that, immaterial things. Anything that you're interacting with physically or mentally or emotionally, these are all relationships. You're dancing with all of these things in a way. And it even goes to things, right? Your relationship with your phone, is that a vampiric element in your life? There is a good question right up front. I think for a lot of people, it is. But uh, I digress. The point is, relationship isn't only about human relationship. It's not only about socializing. It's about the way you're interacting with any force, any element, any individual thing in your life. You're in a relationship with everything if you're interacting with it at all. And so I want to give you a vision here. Let's establish here a visual mental aid to encapsulate the concept of relationship. I want you to imagine uh, between you and anything you're relating with in life, be it a person, be it a behavior, anything like that, I want you to imagine a connection, something like a thread going from you to that thing. Now, there's all kinds of different uh, imagery I can imagine that would precisely describe the dynamic of relationship. But since we're going to be talking about traffic here, I think it's better to use the tunnel. Now, imagine between you and anyone in your life or any other element of your life that you relate with, imagine a tunnel that goes exclusively from you to them. It is a direct connection that is only between the two of you. And this particular tunnel actually has a street running through it, a two-way street. There's two lanes. 
Because the fact is, anytime you're relating with anyone or anything out there, it is an exchange. So there is something going from you to them, and also something going from them to you. There is the potential for that, at least. It is a trade route, two-way traffic. There's a lot of back and forth. You're sending things, they're sending things back. Ideally, right? In the ideal relationship between you and anything else, there is more or less an equal exchange. And hopefully what's being exchanged is positive. So I send you help. I help you. I, I give you attention. Invest from my daily energy towards you in one way or another, be it having conversations with people and relating with them, or you know your phone and giving your phone attention, or your computer, or your negative thoughts, your positive thoughts. You know how much energy, how much attention are you devoting? Uh, to this or that element, anytime you're doing that, anytime you're sending attention or effort towards someone or something, you are sending down that tunnel energy. You are sending a packet, a car, for lack of a better image, down this highway, through this tunnel, directly to this element or person. And ideally, in a balanced relationship, there's more or less the same being sent back. Right? So if you're taking the time to listen to a person speak and you're you know, giving them all this attention to hear their, whatever their issue may be that day, if they're talking to you about you know, some problem they're having, you're sitting there and you're listening and you're giving advice. So a lot of energy is coming out of you towards that person. Now, ideally, that person will send something back, which makes it more or less an equivalent exchange. It may be then taking their turn to hear one of your problems and give you some good advice, right? So back comes some kind of vehicles, some trucks carrying something positive for you, some good produce for the produce you sent out. Now, when it comes to unhealthy relationship, there's all kinds of ways this dynamic can go wrong. And looking at this dynamic, visualizing this connection between you and anything or anyone out there, and asking yourself what kind of exchange is going down this highway, this will help you to identify vampirism all over your life. Not only where you are being sucked dry or giving away too much to anything out there, but also when you may be taking too much without giving back. So the vampire isn't only out there coming for you. There's a potential for vampirism in you. And as you start to look at this dynamic in your life, you may find many places where you're actually being a vampire. And cutting that off, although it feels counterintuitive, you feel like you'll become weaker if you cut yourself off from vampiring, you're actually going to become healthier and more powerful. Because a lot of times, when you're the one enacting vampirism, it comes from an emptiness, a hunger, a lacking, an insecurity, something in you that makes you weaker, and you're looking to draw from other sources. If you cut that off, what you then have to do is address those issues within yourself and become stronger as a result. Ideally, to be a powerful person, you need to exact zero vampirism on the forces, the elements, the people around you. Being okay without needing to suck anything out of anyone else, without needing to trick anything out of anyone else. These are usually the reasons people resort to vampiric behaviors. It's a lacking within themselves. It's a weakness within themselves. It's an emptiness that they're trying to fill or a laziness. Can't stand on their own legs. They need to suck it out of everyone else, right? Now, of course, conversely, as you monitor this dynamic between you and any other thing out there in your life, you may find certain relationships out there where it's the opposite, right? You're giving too much and not getting anything in return. Or another kind of vampirism would be when you're giving positivity and receiving negativity in return. So where you'll take the time to listen to someone's problems, continuing with this example, and give good thoughtful advice, right? Maybe when you turn to this person later with your problems, they don't have time for your goddamn problems, or the advice they give you is buck up and stop being such a pussy, you know, this kind of very dismissive, I don't have time to even consider your issue, your issue isn't worth anything, you know, so what they're sending back is empty trucks, right? Or trucks loaded with bombs or something, right? So it becomes so important, I hope you're seeing the value here in picturing relationship between anything out there in your life and yourself as a trade route and feel out what is the exchange here? What am I sending and what am I receiving? In other words, 
after you've interacted with this person or this thing, you have to ask yourself, what did I get out of that? And what did I give into that? And hopefully, if everything is in balance, it should balance out to pretty much even, right? I gave some, I got some, I gave good, I got good, great. Everything is good. But if you find that you're constantly giving and not receiving from an element in your life, or you're constantly receiving and not giving back to this element in your life, you have to be aware there's a vampire, there's a vampiric dynamic in action. And this is where we need to take action and look for solution and, and make moves to change this dynamic. And giving awareness to this dynamic between you and anything else in your life has to become habit. It might for a while, you know, take some conscious thought to analyze. I mean, it, just start. Start analyzing after this episode. Think about all the various relationships you have in your life between you and people or you and behaviors, you and objects in your life, you and substances in your life. Look at what you're giving versus what you're getting. Start paying attention to that till it becomes second nature because this is a foundational thing to monitor in your life if you want to become more powerful and maintain power in yourself in your life because these are the dynamics when these dynamics are unhealthy when they're disbalanced these are the places where you are bleeding personal power and anywhere in your life where that's happening you are becoming weaker everywhere else in your life because personal power is something like a bank that you're trying to stock up on you're trying to patch the leaks when it comes to the average person out there who's never thought about these dynamics and is just living you know the average unconscious kind of life these people are just full of holes bleeding personal power left and right and then wondering why do i feel so weak why can't i accomplish the things i want to accomplish why does it feel like i'm always getting you know the short end of the stick well, it's because you're not paying attention to all the holes in you where you're leaking personal power, where you're being taken advantage of, or where you're filling a need inside of you by extracting it from others instead of learning to fill it yourself. So pay attention to this dynamic and remember it. This is the first important tool we're looking at today, this visualization of relationship. Every new relationship you establish, every new friend you make, every new element you introduce into your life, you have to monitor it for a while, at least in the beginning, to feel out what is this relationship, right? Is this healthy or not? Is this helping or not? Is this positive or negative? So we've already started looking at what a vampire is, haven't we? A force, a person, or even an object, like I said, a behavior, where there is an imbalance of exchange, where one side is taking and not giving back. Now, when it comes to thinking about the vampire, it's useful to think about a real-life vampire out there, the mosquito, right? Mosquito comes along and takes some of your blood. What does it give you? An itchy bump. That's not really helpful, is it? It doesn't really give you anything positive. It's a vampire. It came along and took some energy out of you, even if it's a little bit, and didn't give you anything back, and in fact, might even make you sick, right? It might have injected you with sickness, and just like a mosquito, vampires can be ignorable. They can be small little things that just take a little bit of energy out of you. But if you can imagine millions of mosquitoes coming at you and each of them taking a little blood, that eventually adds up and drains you so much. Not to mention if it's a giant mosquito, you know, that just sucks half your blood uh, in its operation, right? There's all kinds of big and small mosquitoes out there, big and small vampires. But in an ideal existence for your life, you want to kill each of them on sight. You want to eliminate them on sight. That's what being a vampire slayer is. So let me just throw out here a couple of ideas of dynamics that are vampiric in the everyday life to make this maybe a little more real for you guys. Addiction. Addiction to anything in your life is something having a vampiric effect on you. That should go without saying, right? You're losing yourself into this thing. You're giving your energy into this thing. You're getting unhealthy because of this thing, be it alcohol or cigarettes or even something like video games or, or just addiction to any kind of behavior out there that isn't really filling you or building you up in any way. 
It's just you're throwing yourself into this. You're giving yourself away to this thing because it feels like it's filling some need, right? There's some disbalance in you. There's something broken in you that's making you constantly throw your energy away into this addiction, right? And it's unbalanced because it's not feeding you. It's not making you healthy. It's not giving you back anything positive. That is a vampiric effect. So that's one of the vampires you'll very commonly encounter in life. Addiction to anything out there. Unhealthy addiction. And of course, when it comes to relationship with other humans, there's all kinds of vampiric behaviors and dynamics going on all the time out there. And there's all kinds of behaviors and calling cards and flags that you can watch for in a person who is typically vampiric in the way they operate. A person who's vampiric will often be engaged in playing games with people, right? Whether it be games of uh, socially positioning people against you, right? Or trying to always make themselves look good and make you look bad. That's a kind of vampirism, right? Just to give themselves a higher position, they will cut your position down to create the illusion they need in their world of being stronger than they are. And if you allow that to happen, if you stand there like a dummy in relationship with this person and allow them to do this to you, you are accepting their vampirism and being just a hapless victim. So a person who's a vampire will often be playing social games, manipulation, manipulating. Oh God, that's a big one. Manipulation of all kinds, be it giving you something they know you're desperate for so that they can get whatever it is they want from you, or emotionally manipulating you um, whenever they don't get the free dose of whatever they're trying to extract out of you, be it attention, be it love, be it sex, be it money, right? Be it support. Um, when they're not getting it, they're going to try and make you feel bad, make you feel like you're a bad guy, like you're not giving enough, you're greedy, you're selfish, you never help me when I need you, you're a bad friend, right? So there's all these tricks that a vampiric person will use to get what they want, to extract what they want out of you without giving you back what you deserve for that support, for that energy you're giving, right? It's a trick. It's a way to trick it out of you. So whenever you see somebody playing games around you, whenever you see somebody manipulating you, you have to be on high alert. This person is vampiric. Take a look at the relationship you guys have. Analyze what you're getting versus what you're giving. And if you see the imbalance there on top of their bad behavior, you've obviously got a vampire in your world. Basically, it comes down to this other person pushing, pushing to get something out of you, not by earning it, but just trying to pull it out of you. To come on, give it to me, give it to me. I'm not going to give you anything. You give to me, right? That's a vampire. Now, these same behaviors I just described, playing games, playing manipulations, or trying to force another person into doing something, you also have to be aware of these things in yourself. Are you playing games to get what you want? Are you manipulating someone in a way that you know you can push their buttons to get what you want? Are you trying to force somebody to give you what you want? If you're doing any of these things, then you are operating as a vampire. You are being vampiric. And you've got to stop that within yourself. That's the vampire in you that needs slaying. A person who is personally powerful, whether they're doing it only by instinct and by feel, or are consciously aware of what they're doing, this is what they're doing. They are constantly monitoring and aware of these dynamics, and wherever they see these dynamics out of balance, a dynamic that's unhealthily out of balance, they are addressing it. They are not letting it stand as it is. So here's another calling card of the vampire that's uh, subtle but really worth paying attention to in your life. Gratitude. It can be as simple as whether someone thanks you when you do something for them. There are people out there that are so far removed from understanding basic human respect that you can give them gift after gift after gift, you can do favor after favor for them, and they won't even take the conscious moment to acknowledge what you just did by even verbally thanking you. So if you've got someone out there who can't even say thanks for a favor, that's a big problem, that's a big flag that you might have a vampire right there. Because really vampires, you know, when it comes to people, generally have an issue with gratitude. 
because they often will be people that feel that they're owed, for example. So anytime they receive, they think, yeah, I deserve this. Of course, I'm owed by the world, right? So I don't have to thank you. You should be thanking me for accepting, for, for accepting the gift you just gave me. Or it could just be that uh, they've got too much ego, right? They don't want to give you the satisfaction. Maybe they're playing a game of uh, denying you satisfaction so that they can you know, keep getting more out of you so you get that payoff of a thank you or gratitude, right? So they'll hold it off as a manipulation. You know, there's all sorts of different reasons why someone um, wouldn't say thank you, that basic action. And of course, gratitude goes beyond just words, right? Because words are cheap. The least you can do is say thank you when I do a favor for you or I give you something freely, right? The least you could do is say thank you. But of course, the best you could do is actually put some material behind that gratitude, right? If I bought you a dinner, yeah, say thank you, great. At least we've got that basic respect established. But buy me a dinner the next week. Now, you know, that's good respect. That's really fair. This person was aware someone bought me something out of the goodness of their heart. And, you know, I could buy them a meal too. Let's take them out for a meal to show them, thank you, here is what I'm returning to you. Right? That's, that's ultimately the best kind of gratitude is when the person goes out of their way to pay back. And that's when you know you're in a relationship with a respectful, mindful, healthy person. But of course, when it comes to a vampire, there will be often a lack of verbal gratitude. If they're smart enough, they'll at least say thank you. But they won't necessarily mean it because when it comes their turn, their opportunity to return the favor with something, you know, that costs them, they won't do it. So pay attention to gratitude. Uh, it kinda, it's kind of lame, right, that we have to resort to keeping tabs in this sense to figure out who's a vampire in our life. But unfortunately, that's, uh, that's just how you have to do it. You have to kind of watch, what am I giving, what am I getting? Um, and gratitude is a huge flag. Gratitude is a sign of respect. And uh, vampirism is a disrespectful relationship. It's a relationship where you're just an object to the vampire. You're just a means to an end. You're not a, a human being with a soul, right? You're just this, this resource to be gathered from. Now, while we're on that subject, I'll briefly slip in right here. That dynamic is true in all levels, right down to the level of humanity taking from nature, right? We are absolutely disgusting vampires on the earth, the way we're living our societies these days, right? We're taking, we're taking, we're taking. We're, we're forcing the machine to a breaking point, the machine of life on this earth. Oh, yeah, screwing up ecosystems and pushing all kinds of disgusting chemicals and, and we're doing all kinds of weird genetic manipulations, breaking into this sacred uh, language. Ah, fuck. And what are we giving back to this earth? Are we giving back care? Are we going out of our way to make sure that our actions don't hurt the environment and don't pollute ecosystems and don't disrupt huge swaths of this machinery of life on earth? No, we just willy-nilly do what we need, take what we want, and fuck the system, right? We're vampires. We are vampires, and look at the unhealthy results. And if we were grateful to nature, our gratitude would take the form of, hey, we took all this resource out of you, nature. Let's put some of our resource into you. Let's make sure you're still healthy so you have more resource to give us, and we could grow in balance. But of course, humanity is not in balance with nature right now. Humanity is a disgusting parasite, a fat pig that will just keep gobbling and gobbling until the whole freaking thing is empty with no care for its continuation oh it drives me insane but there again vampirism lack of gratitude lack of returning the favor just taking and taking and saying thanks sucker i'll just take some more later just keep making it for me i'm not gonna go out of my way to do a damn thing for you ah so gratitude pay attention to it uh whether you're giving it whether you're receiving it where appropriate this is another big flag of a vampiric dynamic Ideally, you want an equal exchange between all of the relationships you've got going in your world, in your life, in every way you relate with the world. You want to be giving back as much as you're taking or being given. Now, there is sort of a caveat here. There is kind of one kind of vampiric dynamic that can be forgiven, and that is where you have a very generous person in your life who is giving you more than you even ask for. Now, 
this can be a kind of vampirism. This can be a kind of pressure, right? I'm going to keep giving you and giving you and giving you because there's something I want from you. And I'm trying to make you feel guilty, maybe, to the point where you'll finally give me something. So, uh, you know, a very human example here is somebody constantly buying someone things, giving them gifts, right? Because they want to have sex with them. And so they're going to keep treating you good and giving you things until you open up and let them have that little piece of what they want. But what if you don't want that with them? Are you then guilty of vampirism for sticking around and accepting all of this? Well, the answer in my book is, yeah, you kind of are. If you know that they're trying to get something out of you that you will never give them, and yet you'll stand there in relationship with them so that you could keep cashing in, knowing you're never going to pay back what they want, the responsible thing to do there is to cut yourself out of the picture, to stop that relationship, because you're being indirectly a vampire. Yes, they're giving it to you voluntarily, and you're not playing any games to get what you want. You're just not giving them what they want. That's an unhealthy relationship for them. And out of compassion for this person, you should eliminate the situation. And beyond the moral reason for stepping out of that situation and cutting it off, uh, there's also risk that you're putting yourself into when you are allowing yourself to stay in a relationship like that, where you're receiving and receiving and receiving because you know the person wants a specific thing that you will never, ever want to give them. What's going to eventually happen is that person's going to get aggressive. They're going to get angry. It's going to sour. It's going to turn into a hateful relationship. And that person may even become too forceful and get into like a sort of rapey situation for, for that example we just used, right? And there's also that imbalance that you're even aware of. You know you owe them something. And that's only going to grow over time as you keep receiving and taking you know, this, this onus on you to pay something back is going to keep getting bigger. It's an unhealthy dynamic, so just get out of there. But in this dynamic we just looked at, where you're receiving and receiving and receiving without giving back an equal amount, there is a certain situation where that's actually okay, and that's the situation of generosity. Maybe you've just got a generous friend who's just, they like you, and they like having you in their life, and they're not looking for sex, they're not looking for any kind of specific payback. The payback for them is that they actually just like your element in their life. I've got a dynamic like this going with a friend of mine, uh, my best friend, who has uh, financially supported me in many amazing ways in the last couple of years I've been here in Peru. One of the most amazing ways he's done it is to fly me over to Canada out of his own pocket out of the goodness of his own heart, he paid for a flight for me to go to Canada and paid for a lot of food for me there. You know, he, he just gave me a trip to Canada so I could visit my family and relax for a month and, you know, reset as I was crumbling under the pressures of the life I'm living here in Peru. What an amazing gift from this friend. And I still, as a person who monitors these dynamics, I do feel still some amount of guilt for having received that and being unable to pay him back, to pay him a flight to Peru and bring him over here. God knows if I ever have the financial ability to do that for him, I will do it at the drop of a hat to make things even. But the thing is, I'm also aware that there was a payoff for him that he did receive. And that is we're very good friends. We feel better when we're around each other. We both do. And... Part of this gift he gave me wasn't just to help me. It was also to have some time with his best friends, right? He got to see me for a month. And uh, that was good for him in a whole lot of ways. I helped him host his birthday party at his apartment. He had this great party that he'll always remember, you know, with the bonus of having his best friends hosting the party, receiving people at the door, you know. And I did everything I could during that party, aware that this was happening, to bring positive energy into that party you know i was having great conversations with all his friends i was serving people drinks i was making sure i was like a butler and that's because i owed him i knew it and of course that's not only because i owed him it's also because he's my best friend and i want to help him too so there you have a healthy exchange of both people giving what they can right so even though there was an uneven exchange that happened there he financially put a lot into that trip for me where i financially didn't 
And there was probably more or less an emotional trade-off that was even there in getting to see each other and both of us benefiting from the good energy we have between us two. But I feel like I probably went a little above and beyond in delivering good energy, in bringing good energy into his life while I was there. I was consciously doing it. So that's where maybe I gave a little more than he did. And so things kind of balance out. But that is a situation that isn't vampirism because it was a gift and I did every effort I can to give back as much as I could in any way that I could to make it worth it for him to have brought me over to Canada, right? To give him a good time with his best friend and be positive. And in every way I could, I filled him and his life full of positive energy so that when I left, he wouldn't feel empty. He wouldn't feel like he did that for nothing. And that's a healthy dynamic between two people. That's why we're such good friends, right? Because we have this fair dynamic between us. We have this give and take that isn't always even, but it's never extracting from the other person. So that's all to say that just because the exchange isn't exactly one-to-one when you're monitoring your relationships and exchanges with people, it doesn't mean that it's not fair, for lack of a better term. It doesn't mean that it's not a clean exchange. Um, you know, some people have downtimes and uptimes, and that's part of the trade-off of a long-term relating with anyone or anything. Sometimes you give more. Sometimes the other element gives more. What's important is to look at it over time, looking at yourself and saying, how do I feel now versus before I interacted today with this element? Do I feel better? Do I feel worse? Do I feel I gained anything? Do I, do I feel I gave too much and didn't get enough in return? But as you watch this dynamic between you and every other element in your life, over time it becomes clear which are unhealthy, which are overall draining you, and which are feeding you. And when you're living a life devoid of vampirism, you'll find that overall you get and give pretty much the same and you end up feeling okay most of the time with once in a while a boost, right? You receive a bonus, you receive a little extra. You have to remember those moments and be aware for when this element will need an extra energy from you that you can give back to say thank you, to show gratitude and appreciation and so eventually everything evens out in these fair and healthy relationships we have. But whenever you do identify and encounter a vampiric element in your life, it's time to talk about how to deal with a vampire. And you really only have two options. You can either heal it or you have to kill it. So healing it, of course, comes down to addressing the situation, trying to find a way to make this dynamic fair for both sides. So for example, if you find you're giving too much and not receiving enough, you can make it fair by just giving less, right? I'm giving too much, I'm not getting enough, let me give back what I'm getting. And if this person doesn't like the diminished amount of what I'm giving, then they can elevate what they're giving. I'll elevate what I'm giving back to what it was before, and we'll rise together. And if you find it necessary, maybe have a conversation with this uh, person. Let them know, look, I'm giving you too much. I find that you're always taking and not giving back. So, you know, just so you know, I'm going to stop. And I would love to give you more, but I'm going to have to stop until you, you show that you deserve it. Sometimes it's necessary to explain to a person what this dynamic shift is about so that they have a chance to understand it. Or sometimes you just do it. You don't explain. You just stop sending as much. And if they were only interested in you for the amount they were getting out of you, then they'll go away. They'll feel, oh, this well is dry. And they'll leave. And then you'll know. It was never about relating with you. It was just about extracting what you were giving. And once you turn the tap off, if they leave, that was completely a vampire right? Um, so that's kind of ways you can try and heal the dynamic without outright killing the dynamic. But if it's such an unhealthy situation and you've tried working with it, or if it's just clear from the start, there is no working with it. This is where we have to talk about vampire slaying. This is where we have to kill the connection. And for that, I have to introduce you to another archetype, another vision, the butcher. And this is a spirit, this is a character that you are going to have to embody to get this job done. Let me describe the butcher for you a little bit so that you understand what I'm talking about here. 
Now the butcher, a butcher deals in death, right? Be it killing or cutting apart dead things. The butcher has an ugly job. It's not pleasant. It doesn't smell nice. It's not pretty. It's messy. But the butcher is doing something that has to be done. There's an ugly job that needs doing, but I'm going to do it. To be able to work in this stuff without being you know, too weak for it, without being too clean and, pr and prissy for it. When you want to get stuff done, sometimes you need that energy. Now, there are people out there who cannot stand to cut off vampiric elements in their life because they don't want to seem like a bad guy, they don't want to be too harsh, they want to be forgiving, they want to be understanding, right? They're too much of a goody-two-shoes to do the hard job of cutting, cutting off the vampiric relationship. So that's where you'll have to really meditate on the spirit of the butcher and embody it yourself just for that moment just for getting this done for cutting off the trade route absolutely severing the connection between you and a vampiric element and if you want to be a powerful person this is a kind of mentality you have to be able to switch into when the need arises you have to have a butcher in you and know when to get into that mode absolutely heartlessly cut separate break in a focused way that you know is necessary for health so that's the butcher and i'm going to give you here another tool another visionary tool and that is the butcher knife so think about a butcher knife Right? The big, rectangular, flat, meat-cleaving knife that's so typical of the butcher. There are certain elements about this object I want you to pay attention to. First of all, obviously, it's got the cutting blade, the absolute unstoppable separation power of a blade when it comes down hard on something. So yes, the butcher knife is about severing, it is about separation, it is about cutting. But when you imagine something like a sausage on a cutting board and a butcher knife comes down and chops it into and sits there on the cutting board after chopping it, it's also a wall between the two halves that just got separated, isn't it? Imagine yourself only one inch tall standing on a cutting board facing the other person, for example, who has a vampiric relationship with you and the time has come to separate. You have to bring down that giant butcher knife between the two of you, slam it on the cutting board, severing any connection between the two of you, and it needs to stay there. So you're now facing a wall, and so are they. The butcher knife stays in place as now a permanent separation. And that's it. That's the vision I use when I have to cut someone off. And it happens in life. It's, yeah, it's, it's rough, And it's a real cold-hearted moment when you have to absolutely, completely cut someone out of your life without an inch of connection left, without a strand of, oh, I hope we can still be friends one day. No, there are elements out there you need to absolutely kill from your world. And that's how I do it. There will no longer be any kind of exchange between the two of us. And anywhere this person or element comes looking for you again, you will apply it again. Another butcher knife comes down. Bam! No. No conversation. No interaction. You are out of my world. And that's how you kill a vampire. It's brutal. It's vicious. Right? It is harsh. But that is one of the powers of a personally powerful person. It's bringing down the butcher knife where it has to come down, not only for your own good, but for that person's own good. Because nobody in the end is really benefiting from a vampiric relationship. The person enacting vampirism on another is weaker for doing it. They're living their life. It's reinforcing for them this vampiric behavior so that they never become a self-sufficient person. They never heal. They never learn to grow beyond that cheap way of living, right? And of course, for the person being vampired upon, that's no good for them. So it's no good for anybody. And so it's an act of mercy, really, when there really is nothing that can be done to heal or balance out a vampiric dynamic 
it has to be cut off. And that's the same with addiction. So if it's cigarettes, if it's alcohol, if it's video games, if it's, you know, whatever the hell you're addicted to out there that's bad for you, you have to bring down that knife just the same and do it cold turkey and cold hearted. And you have to stick to that. You as the butcher cannot feel anything as you do it to get the severing done. And then you have to leave it there and not remove it, no matter how lonely it may then feel for a while, no matter how you may miss certain elements of that vampiric force in your life. You have to remember this was done for a reason. You meditate on all that before you do it. But when you bring that knife down, it is final. This is a good place in this episode to add a little side thought here, explore something a little bit deeper. Um, What I just described there is basically advocating for cutting people out of your life. When they're too much of a dead weight, when they're too much of a drag on your health, on your betterment, on your self-improvement, right? You want to rise. And there's all these vampires clawing onto you, pulling you down, right? That's the crabs in a bucket effect. If you have a bunch of crabs in a metal bucket, they're all trying to climb out of the bucket instinctually. But what happens is when one starts to get an edge, starts to get on top and maybe reach the rim to to be about to pull themselves out, there's all these other crabs underneath clawing onto that crab, pulling it down, trying to climb on top of them. And the result is nobody gets out of the bucket, right? So this act of uh, cutting, you know, vampiric people out of your life is an act of basically pushing those away, saying, you know, you're not going to get, no one's going to climb on top this way. I'm putting in some work trying to, with my own strength, climb out of this bucket. You're not going to claw onto my back to get out of this bucket. It's just not going to happen. So for my own betterment, for my own survival, since I know it's a wasted effort, if you latch onto me and try to climb out, we're both tumbling down. So you know what? You get down. I'm going to chop you away from me so that you have to climb out of the bucket on your own. And if we all take our turns one at a time this way, it'll probably get done for everyone, right? If this panic would stop, this this dragging down panic. So I definitely fall on the side of, uh, you know, in a measured situation when it's clear that someone is just not ready to heal themselves. You know, maybe you've tried. I usually try to work with people before doing this, before cutting them out of my own personal life, right? You try to heal them. You try to work with them. You try to see if there's any spark in this person of listening, of hearing all of the advice you're giving them or, or you know, looking at what you're trying to teach them to get out of the state they're in. If it's just too far gone, which happens all the time, there are people that are still too far gone And what they don't need right now is you um, letting them keep vampiring off of you, keep dragging you down. There are cases out there that are so beyond listening. They're they're still so wrapped up in the ugliness of whatever is going on in themselves that the only way they're going to get it, the only way they will be ready to proceed and heal and take the kind of advice you're trying to give, you know, or try to move the way you're trying to move them to to improve themselves and be more self-sufficient, less vampiric, less destructive, right? There are cases out there that are so deep in that that what they need is for life to keep pounding it into them until they break. They are too walled off. They cannot be reached. They're a lost cause for now. And if there's anything I've learned in my own life and in seeing other people's situations, it's that when you're not ready, what's going to teach you more than anything is for life to just keep smacking you around, keep breaking you down until finally life itself, the events of life, the consequences of your actions, the pain from all the ugliness you're putting out there starts to come back to you. And, you know, that you cannot fight forever. Eventually you break down, right? And you either get destroyed under the weight of uh, your, your karma, I guess you could say, right? Under the weight of the disgusting mess you've created around yourself with your decisions and your sickness. Either that will destroy you or before it destroys you, you will have a moment of releasing the choice to stay like that. A crack, hopefully, in the destruction appears where the person sees light through that crack and decides, let's go through there, because I think that might save this. So these are really heavy dynamics of healing serious illness inside of a person. It happens in everybody's life. 
there are certain causes that are a lost cause for now. And if you decide you're going to be the one that sits there and uh, destroys yourself trying to heal this one little element, this one person around you, it could be a complete waste of your life and your energy to do that. Of course, the, the opposite could be true. You can end up being the one that saves this person's world and turns them around and convinces them to change their ways at great sacrifice to you. You might sacrifice your entire life and so much energy and time and effort and freedom you could have had without being latched to this sick person, right? And eventually, you could make their life amazing and show them the light, but at what cost? At that point, you may be a burned-out nub who has wasted all of your energy and all of your time on this other person. And that person now has the benefit of all your work, and what will they do with it? They may move forward replacing you as a good person in the world, or they may not have the dedication to keep going and you might have wasted your time, right? So this is a personal choice when it comes to basically abandoning people along the road of life. You have to keep deciding, you have to keep measuring, am I giving more than this is worth to me for this other person? Does this other person deserve, you know, ultimately everyone deserves healing and betterment and elevation, but there are places that you can be as a person where you don't really deserve it. So you have to sort of make those decisions in your individual relationships out there. Uh, it's, it's messy, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a complicated moral discussion. So I can see why when I sort of advocate cutting people out when it comes to that line of, you know, this is now not worth it for me, this is now detrimental too much to me, uh, we all have a personal choice to make. How much we will let others weigh us down before we decide, you know what, I got somewhere to go and you are not putting anything into this except dragging me down. You're not worth it. Goodbye. I'm moving along. You go your own way. I'm going this way. Godspeed. Good luck to you. I hope you heal, because that is a terrible existence you're in right now. So divorced from reality, so destructive to everybody around you. Uh, for the good of the world, my hope is that life will break you into submission, into learning, into opening that crack in your shell to see finally the truth of, of what's wrong in your dynamic and that you're the thing that's wrong in your dynamic and you need to change some things real quick or end up real lonely, right? And, and real, just an enemy of the world, right? Hated. It's too bad. And speaking of loneliness, you know, on this same point, cutting people out of your life, on your quest of personal power, you start putting people on the chopping block, right? You will have lonely phases in life. You will get lonely. There will be times where you don't have that many friends because you've had to eliminate so many connections you've tried to make. But there's always new friends to make. That's where it becomes important to then make sure you're always exposing yourself to new groups and staying open and out there because there are many great people out there in this world. You just got to sift through a whole bunch to, to collect the good ones. So there'll be lonely phases, and that's okay, because while we're on that point, personal power, one of the foundational things you must connect with if you want to be personally powerful, is you have to be okay with being alone. And that comes down to, you know, self-love in a way, self-acceptance, right? Because there's all kinds of ugliness about ourselves and discomforts, things we don't like facing when there's no one else around to distract us, right? There's a whole bunch of work to do right there to become okay with being alone in a room and not having to always reach out to a friend on your phone or always being, you know, distracted or stimulated by someone else or, right? There's this, uh, all these weaknesses that come for not being able to just be alone, so that's something to work on. A person who is lonely, um, who, who cannot stand being alone, will throw themselves in the arms of anybody, anybody in reach, rather than be alone. And that's how you end up in the claws of a vampire, of a predator, of someone waiting for that kind of desperation to take advantage of. But definitely there's a hole for all of us to look at within ourselves, for all of us to heal within ourselves, this hole of I don't want to be alone. Of course, none of us ultimately want to be alone forever, 
right? There are times in life where you want company and there's pleasures of knowing other people and connecting with other people. Of course, we're social animals. We all have that need at some level inside of us. But when it's a black hole that's just so full of hunger and so full of desperation, that's trouble. You want to heal that within yourself before you even start reaching out there for a solution. That's a vampire too. This over-desperation to, to not be alone, to have someone else, that's a vampire that lives in you that'll lead you into making all kinds of stupid decisions. Throw yourself into all kinds of unhealthy dynamics just to stop you know, the deafening silence of nobody there with you, right? You being with you, you're fine company. You know, I've been alone a lot in life. I'm kind of a loner in general. Uh, I've got the heart of the hermit. So uh, could be a little one-sided for me to advocate for this since I, I kind of have that ability to be alone. I'm built that way myself. But, you know, this is something I just wanted to point out for people who aren't built like me, for people who have an accentuated need to fill loneliness within themselves, to not be alone. Learn to face it. Learn to be in that silence. Learn to be comfortable with yourself because ultimately we all are alone within our heads. Uh, we all die alone. Even if you die with 20 people around you, each of us is dying in ourselves by ourselves, right? So ultimately we're all alone. We all kind of are alone within ourselves. So it's very important to learn to be okay with that, to make peace with the fear or the insecurity that comes with that feeling. And that's something that meditation teaches you. That's something that doing isolation dietas as I've been doing here with ayahuasca which puts you by yourself in the woods for a long time that will teach you to do it you know any kind of exercise of being alone and being calm in that state of being alone with no distraction just be with yourself that teaches you to be okay with that to heal that that sort of reflexory no 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 fill this up fill this up right um, that's not a good thing to walk around with so hopefully that highlights something important for somebody out there who may have this to work on but the main point I wanted to get to on this little branch off here is that in my book, it is okay to cut people off when they're too destructive to your life. And that pretty much covers the bulk of today's points. The vampire and the vampire slayer. The uh, thread connecting you to everything you relate with in life individually. You directly to this or that element. To live in a way that is aware, always aware, and always metering these things, always monitoring them, always checking up on them, especially, as I said, when you establish a new relationship with anyone or anything in your life. Keep that in the back of your mind. Keep always looking at these dynamic qualities. And where necessary, become the butcher. Bring the butcher knife. Bring it down hard and make it decisive and final cut strong and true where it's found to be necessary and I would assume that most people out there after listening to this episode if they've never thought about dynamics this way before as you move forward from this episode and think about your life and look at these dynamics in your life you will be amazed where you see vampirism at work where you never considered it would be before but this is all part of living as a powerful person being aware of these things, instead of walking around out there like an unconscious zombie, just a walking target for anybody who's out there looking to get something free, looking to extract something they need without giving back fairly. So fellow human, you can always find this podcast, this episode, the other episodes on personal power, or any other content I have created so far over at higherideas.net, the home for this podcast. At the very top of higherideas.net, you will find a little orange Patreon link, which will take you to the financial support fund for this project and for these efforts I put into this podcast. Thank you, you beautiful, lovely, generous patrons, especially the most generous of them all, Mr. X. So, fellow humans, that's it for this one. And until next time, keep thinking.